Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Cart Overflow. I'm your host today again, Furukawa. And today we have Will Perry, who is has his hands in many elements of the ad buying, media buying, direct-to-consumer space in CEO, CMO of Reason Agency and a few other products. But um, Will, how are you today? I'm doing well, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to jamming with you on some, some all things ads. Totally, totally. And yeah, so warning up front, we will definitely get in the weeds because I, I, you know, you're an expert in this space and I love to, to learn from that. And I think really the only way is to get past the high level stuff and, and get tactical. Absolutely. Um, so first, yeah, if, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, sharing a little bit of the background of what you're currently doing and how you got there. Totally. So have been in digital marketing for about 15 years now, going all the way back to like my first job in the marketing world was my boss at the time handed me a Canon camera, dropped me off. I was in the golf industry at the time, dropped me off at the back of a driving range and said, good luck, kid. And, um, you know, I, I had to basically teach myself everything, SEO, email marketing, lead gen, PPC, like the, the, the golden days of AdWords in like the early to mid 2000s. And then shoot, what else was I doing? And then just... I started like printing articles from every re like blogs and from every resource that I could possibly think of. And I made this massive binder for myself that I would just constantly come back to and I would just add to it and add to it and add to it. And that's how I kind of look at us as, you know, digital marketers are the ones who like really get to that, you know, elite level, the top, you know, one to 5% is they never stop learning, right? They never stop their own development, their own training, the skill sets, et cetera. I mean, whether it's the tech, the ads, offer creation, copywriting, et cetera, like I've been fortunate to have exposure to literally all of it, not to mention high ticket sales as well. So I think it was like before the age of 27, I was heading up business development for a multi-million dollar, kind of like somewhat startup and helped take them to about 5 million a year in revenue at that time. And that's where I learned high ticket sales as well. So I was kind of like, I was doing the marketing and then, and then I would jump on the calls and I would try to figure out how to close those deals. And, and at that time, that was a $100,000 offer. So we were closing 100K deals pretty much over the phone with people all across the world. And that's where I really got like my, my entrepreneurial bug because I was like, I'm starting to develop a pretty good skill set here for myself. If I can sell a $100,000 thing over the phone and I'm figuring out how to generate all the marketing to produce that call, I was like, I think I have something here. Fast forward, started my first agency in 2015, rebranded it as Reason in 2016. Um, now we have uh, two agencies and a third sort of coaching consulting business. Uh, the second agency is called Future Content, uh, which is a UGC uh, creative agency for TikTok brands. My business partner, super smart in the space, uh, Max Finn, who many people know as well. And then Elite Media Buyers Academy is, is the coaching and consulting business. So we've got hundreds of members, agencies, and marketers that we coach on our ad buying SOPs. We teach them a deep level of optimization with their ads through like DIY masterclasses and mostly a done with you coaching style program. And it all just centers around ads. So it's all things ads all the time. And that's really what brings us to where we are now, uh, where I'm super excited to like 
just be spearheading these initiatives and helping people honestly, like just get the performance that they desire from their ads, right? Like you talk to a bunch of marketers, probably just like me or others who you've had on the show and ads are such a huge pain point for so many people. And uh, whether it's the ads not working or if it's like the actual marketers running the ads for them, whether it's freelance agency, pretty much everybody has a pain point when it comes to ads. But yet tons of people are getting their ads to be the scaling lever that is, you know, the true difference maker in the growth to their business. So, so yeah, I'm not here to preach ads per se, so much as like, what can you do better with your ads so that you get the results that you desire? Totally. And there are so many different elements to add, whether it is your creative, your copy, your offer, the landing page, the the, the funnel beyond that. When you were describing your background, it kind of reminded me of, I read a book, a hundred million dollar offer, Alex yeah. Hermosi, who's like, yeah, totally. started basically like as a selling physical fitness or, or, or gyms. And it sounds like maybe a similar path, but the quote that really stuck out was that basically you have to put an offer that is so good in front of them that they would feel stupid saying Same no. no. Yep. Yeah. I know the um, line. It's such a good line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm a big Hormozy fan. I think he's wicked smart for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, he he puts a lot out. So a, a great marketer. So there there is the element of the offer. And in some ways now when, you know, iOS 14.5 and, and targeting has become harder, yeah. maybe there there's the element that it's harder to target. And so therefore it, it falls back on the offer of, okay, you have your brand, but it depends on how you're positioning the brand, what benefits you're putting forward, what offer you're you're putting forth. Can you get into a little bit about how you work with clients or how you structure an offer in mind and then how you're optimizing or testing to see, all right, is it the offer or is it other parts of the ad process that are falling short? Yeah, totally. I mean, just kind of right out of the gate, like we won't even run traffic on something if it doesn't really fit the five most profitable profitable offers that we really see working the best right now. So I'll just kind of go over those quickly and in short, like, Number one, it's going to be lead gen to high ticket sort of B2B services, SEO agencies, creative agencies, marketing agencies, et cetera. Those guys can afford to spend a couple hundred bucks to acquire a lead or a customer because they can sell a five to $100,000 package on the back end of it. Then you've got like high ticket e-com. So high ticket e-com would be things like I guess you got it. You could call it like mid-level ticket e-com. So like e-com over a $100 AOV. Like I won't even touch anything now if it's basically less than a hundred dollar AOV. That pathway to profitability almost does not exist anymore. Competition, rising CPMs, those sort of things. The actual industry standard with regard to benchmarks for CPC, CTR, conversion rate, et cetera, just don't really work in the favor of the the D to C business selling a product online, especially a one-time product that's less than 75 bucks. Like the math is actually will run at a loss. Um, then you've got things like, like low ticket into high ticket or like low ticket into recurring revenue model. So like, for example, one of our funnels for Elite Media Buyers Academy, it's a $97 masterclass. I'm going to break down my funnel for you guys. $97 masterclass into a $97 upsell into another $97 upsell into a $297 a month recurring subscription into a $10,000 done with you coaching program. 
So like that's a 60 day program. So the whole front end of that acquisition ends at the point of the coaching program. Cause at the end of the funnel is when you book the call. So like at that point, I'm getting my leads to pay me. So I'm not, in, I'm not like wasting money on lead gen. So that's sort of the low ticket into high ticket model info style business. And then you've got sort of like tripwire offer into MRR. So an offer that I always love to, to share because a lot of people know Frank Kern four courses for $4, right? Frank Kern's been running that offer for probably like, I don't know, two or three years. So that offer probably converts at say 10% on the front end. Frank Kern runs ad person buys four courses for $4 on the lander. Then he's got a bunch of upsells within his funnel. That ad is not profitable on the initial acquisition. That's what most people screw up, right? As, as they try to get profit out of like, I have widget, hey, Mr. Media Buyer, Marketer, Gen or Will, I need you to make me $10 every time you sell this $50 phone case. And I'm like, yo, good luck. Mm. <laughs> like that doesn't exist anymore. The the golden days for the, the, the large part, like of cheap advertising, like on paid social, like just doesn't exist. There's obviously outliers out there. Somebody will listen to the show and be like, Will, you're full of crap. Like, that's not true. That's, you know, that's the extreme minority and then you sort of got like sort of like subscribe and save style offers so like let's say for whatever reason i sent you a new phone case every month right and i was like hey sign up for phonecaseofthemonth.com and you get 20 percent off and then i send you a new case every month and then i'm banking on the fact that that customer is going to spend let's just say the phone case is 30 bucks a month they're going to spend 90 to 180 dollars with me over three to six months so i'm like okay I can afford to pay 50 bucks to acquire that customer. I'm 20 bucks in the whole month one, but I'm profit month two, three, four, five, and six, right? Mm -hmm. So, so those are the, those are the models that I want to see people using with their paid social ads, Facebook, TikTok, especially because it's more cold traffic. Once you drive that cold traffic, you'll see all the lift on the Google side and on the Bing search side. So that's kind of like that part. But then you were mentioning, I think you mentioned optimization, but I went on that tangent about offers and whatnot. Yeah, no, that's great. But I, I do have a couple of questions there. Yeah, um, absolutely. At a high level. Okay. So you're saying if it's below 75 or hundred dollars, average order value, yeah. not in your wheelhouse because expectations might be misaligned and, and 100%. it would be hard to deliver value or make them run profitable ad campaigns. Right. So average order value is, is 75 or hundred or, or up. Uh, but then how how do you calculate your break-even cost when you consider what, like what the lifetime value is? Like, let's say, for example, average order value is 50 bucks. And then, yeah. but it's a, it's kind of like a, a one-time purchase. Let's say like it's an apparel brand. So it's nothing that's replenishable or, or on yeah. a subscription basis, but maybe the, the lifetime value of a customer is 120 bucks or something. Is that something that you, that uh, paid social would work for? And also- if not, how can those brands that have lower average order value, lower lifetime value, how can they take advantage of paid social to scale their growth? Yeah, yeah there's one thing that I always say, and, and that is that marketing exposes product or process. And what I mean by that is, is ads are going to expose the business model, which is kind of the question you're asking. You're asking a business model question, which is a great question. You know, so like I call it OTP, like I hate OTP one-time purchase 50 bucks. Like 
no, no chance. Like, because like you said, it really comes down to expectations from the business, which means they don't have, like, they're not thinking long-term with their product development life cycle, right? Like the, the longevity of that business basically doesn't exist without a customer ascension model of some kind. And so let's use the example of $120 LTV like you're referring to. I think you said, how do I calculate that? I mean, really, it's it's really pretty straightforward. Like, you know, what is the, the average order value of purchase times average frequency minus cost of goods? And then you you basically have gross profitability. So, you know, in that sort of rundown, you might let's say you're still paying 50 bucks the first time to acquire the customer and they buy the 50, let's say it's a $60 product. So that way the second time they buy, they spend another 60 bucks. You might've, let's say that your cost of goods is $10. So when you sold that $60 item, which would be, what does that math break down to? Almost 20%, right? So it's roughly 18%, 20%, um, which an 80% net margin would actually be pretty good in e-com. So now you're break even when you sell this $60 product, not including marketing fees. The next time that you sell that $60 product, you're actually making 50 bucks, right? So you're technically like two to one return on ad spend on the second purchase. It really comes down to the cash flow position for the company, like how they're managing cash or how they're getting access to capital. Because a lot of the fastest growing brands are not chasing one day return on ad spend like the majority of small business advertisers that are running running ads. And I, I mean like 20 million and below, right? Like 20 million and below, like they're running ads trying to get like profit from selling this phone case right now. And it's like, yeah, but the cost of advertising has risen 22% since last year. Like, what do you want me to do about that? Mm -hmm. So the... it. It really refers to a business model adjustment, which is why like when we look at the five offers built for paid traffic, those offers are the ones that are most the most profitable when you're trying to acquire customers. Then you can move into you know other strategies that we call monetization, like other strategies in the monetization phase in order to then get additional profit through the customer, which is ultimately where you go from like, 1 million to 5 million and you know you're increasing profitability as you scale because we've got product launches we've got new product drops and things like that that are driving that 80% profit through email for example you know because you're not you're not paying the ad cost in order to get them to buy again and so like it really comes down to the business model and whether they're willing to like seriously think about the types of products that they're launching and how they turn that product into an acquisition offer, like we covered those five different types of acquisition offers. And then what their access to capital is. Because I think the the, the businesses that are willing to leverage the capital in order to acquire those customers more quickly, and they've run the financial analysis on that turnover of the cash, they're just gonna grow faster. Like it's really pretty simple. Yeah. So the, in some ways, yeah, the, like the, the numbers bear out on a business end. You're, you're like already, it's been vetted. It makes sense. Like you, you have a certain 
cost of acquisition that you need to spend. You understand what the like cash flow looks like, how how much you have to spend, how fast you'll get that cash back. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious now about the like the actual offer and then how that translates to the customer experience. And what I mean by that is like when you mention an info product, like that's a really interesting play, but yeah. I wonder if that's more for a course, like a Frank Kern type thing where you're, oh, I'm, I'm learning more, like let me level up and learn more and buy more mm-hmm. as opposed to kind of a product where it, it might not align so well. So when you're running ads and, and the offer, is it really like about the product you're putting forward, the benefits, then you send the paid traffic to a product description page and then you're, you're like you relying on the product description page? Or is it yeah. more about like an email capture and then you're relying on the email funnel to convert the customer? Yeah, no, all front-end acquisition. I'm really a big fan of running paid traffic to long-form sales pages. Um, Typically you have more control over the user experience. I call it a closed loop funnel. So that way, like if you're driving traffic to your website, Shopify, for example, there's so many places that somebody can click on, right? Which means the bounce rate, right? It just means opportunities for lost traffic. Whereas when you are running an ad and that ad has one specific offer with one specific message on one specific product, and then they go to a landing page, they're either going to buy that product or that offer, or they're not like, they're not going to shop, you know, they're, they're not going to like read your about us section and then like click your contact us page. You know, the, the goal is like, can I sell this product at break even or profitably so that I can get into my remarketing so that the email and the retention team can then take over, which was the second part of your question, right? Like, that's where the profitability is really going to be made. The goal of acquisition should be to acquire customers as efficiently and effectively as possible, like so that remarketing can take over. And that's why like, I'm not a big fan of one-time purchase on low price point products because it's really just like, it's really like trying to find a way to like make money fast. And you're a Hermosi fan, right? So one thing Hermosi says is, do direct response to make to make sales or money today, right? Build a brand to make money five years from now. And that's the difference between like selling a one-time purchase product of $50, somebody who's just trying to make money online versus someone who's trying to build a brand who wants to make a million dollars a year in, in net profit, right? Like just two completely different mindsets. And so like the drop shipping days of like 2017, 2018, where you could go find a winning product and go go look at, go take one of those uh, Kevin David drop shipping courses and uh, like just start making money online. Doesn't really exist anymore. Like those, you know, every ad platform is going to have like the cheap, the cheap phase, you know, and, and TikTok has already had its cheap phase as well. Still is kind of in that golden golden territory right now but you know that's why i think it just comes back to like true business model and having having a true plan and a true vision on how to grow the revenue for the business and it's not through one time purchase on 50 dollar products like yeah it's just not 
You definitely brought flashbacks because I was working at Jungle Scout in, in that time. And that's when like the Lambros were, were yeah. peak Lambro. And, uh, yeah. and and that was the thing. And and they they definitely sold the vision. Oh, and they um, killed it. Which is ironic because they were great direct response marketers and, and yep. kind of like bridge that gap of where we were to where we want to go. Yeah. Yeah. So So if we get a little bit more into like your process, and I'd love to hear examples if you have them about your like micro testing. And so that like, because there are so many moving parts and variables between the creative, the messaging, the audience, what your offer is and, and their experience, how are you going through this to kind of like pinpoint where the biggest levers to, yeah. to improve are, and then what, what it looks like when you're actually testing them? Yeah, for sure. So the biggest lever is your messaging within your ad campaigns. And I'm talking your hooks, your headlines. And the reason for that is, is like, so Facebook not only did iOS happen, right, which already made the targeting more difficult, but then they started removing detailed interests, right? Like niche interests and things. And so what we teach is a method and a methodology that we call message-driven targeting. So I teach marketers and ad buyers how to run their ads like TV. So it's, it's your kind of think of it like call out style copy, right? Like Attention all agency owners, like get my agency formula spreadsheet forecast. I don't know. Like I literally just made that up. So you don't only just have to use call outs in order to speak directly to someone, but if you're using that language within a broad setup on the ad platform, you're not dependent upon the targeting and the algorithm mm -hmm. in order to attract that person back through your funnel. Right. And so with this message-driven targeting approach, we put all of the emphasis directly on the ad copy. And then that ad copy is what fuels the creative development. And so long story short is I teach marketers specifically how to master the messaging that is actually driving the conversion for their ad campaign so that when they go make a bunch of changes to the ad campaign, the headline, the ad copy, the, the video, the image, the audience, the placements that it runs, et cetera, they know exactly what is actually driving the sale or the conversion from their campaign. Instead of changing two, three, or four, or five different things at one time, we get them to take a very disciplined approach that we call implementing ad variable isolation so that we fundamentally understand with each decision that we make did this make an improvement or did this not make an improvement? And going even deeper into the messaging, like I teach, well, is the hook and headline that is working, is it a promise hook or is it a promise headline? And not only is it a promise hook or a promise headline, but are you speaking to high level of intent traffic, aka solution aware or most aware individuals, which will convert higher than true cold traffic, which are people who are completely unaware. And that's the other problem is that people don't understand the, the ad copy that they're writing is actually speaking to the wrong person and the wrong level of awareness. And when you get rid of all these targeting things that we all used to just like have as these cushy little layers and clouds that we could just lean on, it's why so many people are struggling with their ads right now because they just don't know how to write messaging that drives intent. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh 
that you are having people self-select. So dear agency owners, dear Shopify merchants, right. so that you're like, oh, okay. Th so this, this speaks to me. Then there might be like the, the hook might be a rhetorical question of sorts, you know, like, are you struggling with your ad copy or are you struggling right. with your ROAS? Right. But the, the, the part where I, I still have a question is uh, measuring intent. So yep. if you don't have the targeting options down to like the niche or the interest level, how how are you evaluating what their intent to purchase is? And then therefore, how does that change your, your copy and offer? Yeah, good question. I mean, you're still able to analyze conversion rates, you know, from your ad campaigns. Um, we could probably go down a huge rabbit hole with like attribution softwares and, and things like that, which I'm a huge advocate of, you know, for the marketers out there who've been struggling to like, kind of like figure out their data analysis since iOS, like, you can still use Google Analytics reports with intent to add product to cart, which is called add to cart detail rate. You're probably extremely familiar with that. And so you can still find that intent from the ad to the landing page, and then that intent from the landing page to then checking out, you know, which the KPI that I love to see is anywhere in the 10 to 15% range at a minimum is what I want to see the level of intent on a lander after that traffic hits the lander. Okay. And then you can still analyze your conversion rates through last click attribution from direct click into sale and all those sort of things. So you can you can analyze the intent that way. The other way that you can analyze the intent is on the front end through your ads directly. We teach a four-phased system of testing and validating your messaging and your ad creative into a scaling phase. And so in phase one, we, we teach message testing through what we call scroll frame optimization. So we actually, we teach marketers and ad buyers how to optimize winning ads so that they can go deeper into the winning ad concept versus just create another ad because editing is easier than creating. And so mm -hmm. We teach them how to optimize the messaging through the winning ad through what we call the big five creative tests. So those are going to be your, your text overlay headline on your video. It's going to be the first three seconds of your video. It's going to be the avatar in your video. So male versus female, you can literally optimize the creative that way. So we teach SOPs for all of these things so that, because it's just easy to be like, oh, I'm just going to launch another ad, but like, but why? Mm -hmm. Right. So we answer that question of why and what's next to a very deep level. And I literally have a 150 page document that explains all of it that I call the winning ad formula. And that's what we teach marketers. We teach them that SOP so that they're not just stuck in this rut of what I call the creative testing roller coaster, where they're just like, next ad, next ad, next yeah, ad, yeah, next yeah. ad. I, I might be there too. <laughs> and well, and they don't know why, right? Like you don't know why your ads aren't working. Mm-hmm. Cause then you're just like, oh, I got this next great idea for an ad creative, or I've got this next great idea of what I think that the message, the ad copy could say. Right. Yeah. I, I think part of it might be just finding inspiration in the wrong places. Like I, I, I might think of like, all right, what are some questions that I have or what are our main benefits, but it might not be as in touch with what people are currently asking and, and things have changed a lot, especially for, for our product, or it might be like, all right, what's, what's going on in the Facebook ads library. And, and, and that's not great. Cause then you're like making a lot of assumptions based on what other people are doing. And that's not yeah. the way you want to do it, I guess. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Lacks uh, intention, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you did allude to that, the fact that TikTok is maybe still a little bit of an arbitrage play where it's cheap traffic, cheap attention, and you can still see a high ROAS. 
what are you what are you seeing now how are you how are you working with tiktok in terms of running ads successfully yeah i mean the creative that is working the best on tiktok right now is just very native very organic you know 30 to 60 second video style content overly branded content is going to directly trigger high cpms on the platform so like if you have a very branded piece of video that your design team created you can almost guarantee that the advertising cost that you will be charged to run that could be two to five times higher than if you just worked with a creator to develop a how-to video or a testimonial like style demo video or something of that nature. TikTok is very protective over the engagement of the platform. They want people to stay on the platform. So if you're just put, we call them Addy ads. It's like the worst descriptor of anything I've ever come up with. But like if, if the content really looks like an ad, and it's on TikTok, like you will be penalized for that as mm. an advertiser. Like you will be charged a premium CPM in order to run that content. We've got plenty of advertisers on the platform that are seeing five, you know, three, four, five, and $10 CPMs on the platform. I mean, that was like, that was probably Facebook, like still maybe 2019, maybe a little bit early 2020. We're talking like, two to three years ago where maybe you were still seeing eight to ten dollar cpms in some niches still seeing a lot of that on tiktok how you know, granular in, can you get with the targeting of that actually tiktok's added a lot of like detailed and niche targeting especially over the last 12 months but primarily we teach a very broad focused approach so that you're not limited to your targeting options which again like if you're chasing targeting you don't have mastery over the messaging in the first place because the key to go to, to scaling is going broad. Mm. Like you need to be able to create a message that allows you, basically you have to test the way that you want to scale. So if you can come up with a very specific message that reaches a large enough audience, you don't need interests and whatnot for that. Like you just, you're, you're only your next best, like promise hook or promise headline away from your next scalable ad. Yeah. You mentioned 30 to 60 seconds. That actually, to me, seems like a really long video. Like you really yeah. do have to have compelling points throughout. But then for like the call to action, what what works best? Is it just like link in bio or is it they so, actually offer buy in, in a buy button now or something? Yeah, you can click from the ads directly and all of that. On the quick thing on the, the video length is we found through our testing that the longer form videos drive higher intent into conversion on TikTok, mostly because TikTok is very largely and it's people are there to be entertained, right? So like sometimes the really short videos, the five to 10 second type stuff, like it's just not going to drive the level of intent from the platform then to your website or to your landing page. I would say the majority of TikTok advertisers struggle to have high conversion rates, especially with e-com because it's such like a disruptive entertainment based style platform. So typically this is obviously a little bit generalized, but typically we see higher conversion rates from some of that longer form content. That's like more than 30 seconds, you know, like 30 to 45 seconds. Mm. And then when it comes to shoot, I forgot the second part to your question, TikTok related. Oh, a call to action. Oh, call to action. Yeah, I'm actually, I'll give you guys a little bit of a, a secret that we use is, see, the thing is with TikTok as well, right? Is that like people aren't there to buy. So we like to use some messaging to the effect of click here, click here with this special link in order to get this offer, for example. So like 
that way people think that they have to click directly from the ad and then they don't go to Google or your Instagram page or your TikTok page or whatever to try to find said product that they yeah, referred yeah. to in the video. So something of that nature where it's very unique with regards to the call to action, like you can only get this offer from this video. Like I'd be, I'd be trying to use stuff like, so that really incentivizes the click directly from that ad. Because one last takeaway from that, TikTok, TikTok is not the greatest when it comes to its attribution. We see a lot of brands who will see top line revenue growth where they won't necessarily see the target cost per acquisition that they want to see directly in TikTok itself. And that just obviously opens up a whole can of worms around attribution and how you're tracking your growth and things like that, which would have to be probably two or three more episodes. But, you know, so just a heads up to everybody, like still a little like it's a very imperfect system with TikTok. And hopefully, like, especially if you're on the, the Shopify platform, you're using like and any track, a triple whale, a heroes or something like that in order to track last click sales directly from your ad platform. But yeah, that would just be one thing that I would say to give everybody a heads up on. Yeah, man, that that's really helpful. And, and you did mention a couple of the attribution platforms. So I, I was curious about that. So thanks for that. So we, we definitely did get in the weeds. And, and <laughs> I feel like we actually didn't because there's so much more to do. Oh, just scratching uh, the surface. Yeah, we, we sure. are. We're, we're top of the weeds. Um, yeah. So yeah, where, where can we learn more about you and, and connect with you online. Totally. A super easy way is like anything, if anything I talked about today seemed super and helpful, or if you want to learn more about it or dig deeper, even more into the weeds than the top level of the weeds, like you described it, go to elitemediabuyersacademy.com. We have a $97 masterclass on there that everybody can literally get the exact SOP that I'm referring to that I built from 65 million. And so you can literally implement my scroll frame optimization approach and creative testing methods directly from that. Otherwise, you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. LinkedIn is probably the place that I spend the most amount of time just being B2B marketers, stuff like yeah. that. But yeah, elitemediabuyersacademy.com or find me on social. Will, thank you so much, CEO and CMO of Reason Agency and so many other things. Appreciate it. <laughs> and that's the episode for today. Thanks so much for listening all the way to the end. We love you for it. If you found anything valuable at all or want to share your feedback, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also just drop us a line, hello at cartoverflow.com. We'd love to hear your feedback or suggestions so we can cover it in a future episode. All right, see you next time.